we started our, our Holy Week here in Antioch, uh, Antioch Quincy, let's not get confused, some of you visitors. Um, this past Sunday, and we referenced Jesus' words in, in Luke 18 uh, as he was on his way to Jerusalem. And he had, this was the third time he had told his disciples uh, that he would be handed over in Jerusalem, that he would suffer, he would be beat, he would be insulted, mocked, that he would die, and on the third day he would rise again. Um, and we kind of talked about this, the, the irony, right, of, of Jesus, who very rarely spoke in completely straightforward manner, right, how he often uh, used parables and, and vague language, but this time he meant exactly what he said, and his disciples were confused, right? So if you read through this whole story of this week in the Gospel of Luke or any of the Gospels, you see that Jesus told them exactly. He gave them the playbook before the game, and they still didn't get it. And so we, we refer to this series that we're in the middle of, of just as he said, right? He, he's doing this just as he said. But with that, we're also looking way in the past at the ways the Lord had told everybody ahead of time hey, I'm going to send the Messiah, and he will pay for the sins of his people. He will redeem them. He will restore his people, right? So looking far back uh, in human history, at least from God's perspective, it's nothing, but in human history to see how things happen really just as God said. Um, and so if you may have noticed in, in the reading, um, there are a couple places that uh, Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament, from the prophets. Um, one of those that might be easy to look over, but uh, I encourage you, is from Hosea 10. So this is in Luke 23, verse 30. He said, uh, he's talking about the judgment that's about to come on the city of Jerusalem. And he quotes Hosea and says, they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. And he applies this to the people, to the leaders of Jerusalem, the ones who have sentenced him to death, who have mocked and beaten him and are now going to kill him. And I think he does this because if you go back in Hosea 10, who's it talking to, right? It's talking to God's people who reject God and they reject his king. They refuse to acknowledge his king. And when God's judgment comes on the city, they are so hard-hearted. They are so stubborn that they would rather ask rocks to fall on them and protect them than to ask God for mercy. That's how intent they are on not following the Lord and acknowledging his king, right? They say to the hills, fall on us, on the mountains, cover us, please protect us. When they could go to God and say, be merciful, right? They rather hide. Now, if you contrast that to the famous story um, that Jeannie read earlier of, of uh, the crucified criminal, right? The one who is next to Jesus. There's a criminal on the right, on the left, and the leaders of Jerusalem are mocking Jesus, right? You can see he saved others. Let him, let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself, right? They're mocking him, making fun of him. Now, this criminal is facing judgment, just like the leaders we talked about before and the people in Hosea 10. The criminal is facing, facing judgment that he deserves. But rather than mock, Rather than hide in the face of his just punishment, he repents, right? I mean, really, if you think about it, it's, it's actually a pretty astonishing story. 
Because he's the one person in this chapter who recognizes Jesus for who he really is, right? So the leaders, as I said, the, the, the religiously educated, the elite class, they're saying, hey, if you're God's Messiah, save yourself, but not the criminal. He gets it. <clears throat> and you'll notice, too, it's not just that he knows that Jesus is innocent, right? It's that he knows that Jesus is a true king. So, I mean, if you think about it here, his, his words um, in verse 42, or I'll, I'll go back to verse 40. Don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has not done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Here's the thing. If he would have stopped at verse 41, this man has done nothing wrong, that would be a humble statement on the criminal's part. I deserve this. He doesn't. That's humility. But he doesn't stop. Right? He doesn't stop there. He says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He has now moved from just being humble to worship, to faith, right? It takes a lot of faith to believe that a man hanging on a cross naked and dying is a true king. That takes a lot of faith. And then you listen to Jesus' reply, right? This is a statement of authority from a dying man. You notice what he doesn't say, right? When he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus doesn't say, okay, good news. I know the big man upstairs. I'll put in a good word for you. That's not what he says. He's not, hey, I just know someone who might be able to do something for you. Jesus says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise, right? Even at his weakest moment, he has the authority to let people in, right? This dying man, seemingly defeated by the powers of this world, demonstrates his true power not by mocking and killing and destroying, but by flinging open the doors of the kingdom to whoever has the faith to come to him and say, remember me. It's faith. It's a lot of faith. Now, I know it, sound, it might sound funny to talk about Jesus having faith, like trusting the Father, right? Um, not faith in something he didn't understand was going to happen because he knew. He told him what was going to happen. But it still takes trust to go through with it. And when he's, um, his final words is he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he's actually quoting Psalm 31, which is a psalm of trust, right? If you go back, I encourage you to read it. And it's David proclaiming trust in God in the face of death. Now, Jesus quotes and applies it to himself. It's not just a coincidence, right, that these are his final words. He chose them purposefully, I'm sure. But you notice that Jesus wasn't delivered from death in the way that David was, right? David goes up to death's doorstep, and God snatches him back and saves him, rescues him. Jesus actually crosses over, right? He, he goes a step farther than David, but there's still that same trust. Father, I'm giving my spirit to you because I trust that you will do what you said you were going to do, that you would not abandon your Holy One to the grave forever. So just as the thief had to entrust himself to Jesus, even when it would seem like appearances or to own the opposite direction, Jesus entrusted himself to the Father, 
Right? He knew death was coming. But he knew God would not abandon those who trust in him. There's a lot of things we can pull out of these stories. But tonight, I just want to encourage us um, this next, what, 36 hours or so are a time of waiting, right? Before we come together and we celebrate Easter, we, we're waiting. We're waiting for Jesus' return, right? Sometimes we're wondering if God is paying attention, if he's listening, if he's looking. But do we have trust? Do we have faith? Do we have faith like this criminal on the cross who in the face of death knew that his only hope was turning to the king? So we're going to take two or three minutes of, of uh, the, the band's going to play, just encourage you to reflect. And it might be, you know, obviously none of us are in the place of that criminal right now at this very moment. But it might be in a place where you're tempted not to trust, right? You're hearing the voices of the mockers, the people scorning the Lord, and you're tempted to listen and give in to what they're saying. It might just be that you are hurting and you don't see any way out. And what you need to do is just take these next two or three minutes as the start of the weekend of the same prayer and just say, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. Don't forget me. Remember me. And watch him prove himself faithful. So we're going to take the next two or three minutes. I just encourage you to reflect on this. <laughs>